Happy Halloween. Halloween. It's spooky. Welcome, devils, to a spooky episode of Devils in the Podcast. What's even spookier is that you can watch your money float away if you support us at patreon.com forward slash D-I-T-D. Other than that, we've got a wonderful list of games, movies, and books to spook your pants off this season. With me today are Oreo... Hey! Noitsunam, also known as Monastian. TFX! TFX! TFX is dead! Hey, I thought it was. Hey, never mind, he rose from the dead because he's a zombie! Spooky! Was trying to scare you. Spooky! And then we have Sumner's Rose AI! Hello! Hello. So, on this special episode, we're going to talk about a movie, book, or TV show that we think is really fitting for the season, oh, okay. and one that we either loved or loved to hate. So, let's see. Spinning the wheel of sadness. Oreo. Hello. What is your form of media that you are going to talk about today? So, like, uh, the first thing that comes to mind, um, I I don't have a huge opinion about the movie just because, I, like, I saw it kind of early in my, like, life. I think I was like, when did I see it? 15, maybe? The Ring, though. Um, oh. And the thing that stands out uh, for me with The Ring specifically is just because when I watched it, I was with my mom and my sister and during so during the ring the thing is like when you pick up the phone you have a certain like like whatever the antagonist calls you and you pick up the phone and then you have a certain amount of days until you die so while we are watching it right after like the point in the movie that like let that let you know that that's what's happening our phone went off <laughs> So my sister freaked the fuck out. We freaked the fuck out. <laughs> so it was like, eh. So I remember that specifically just for that, but I don't have any too like much opinion about the movie itself. I think it was yeah, fine, but that that's got to be terrifying. But wasn't it slightly different though? You had to watch the movie and then you would get a call. I, yeah, it was. Yeah, I always tell it wrong, but yeah, it was like so. The premise was that there is a video that you watch and if you watch that video then you hear a phone ringing and then you have like seven days to live i think yeah and then samara comes <laughs> but i i i guess technically you saw the tape in the movie so yeah i'm not dead yet so yeah being the operative word yeah so i don't know could die now or you know whatever so do whatever. you remember how old you were when i saw it yeah. Like, it was long, I think it was 14, maybe. Yeah, I can see how that would spook you out. Definitely, definitely. I always found the the way Samara moves, like, it's almost like frames are missing, is what is the most creepy oh. part. Oh, yeah, and like that crawling on the ground and just, like, skipping forward suddenly. Yeah, exactly. Also, what's very interesting, when she comes out of the well and then out of the TV her hair flows a bit like water down the edge and the way they did that yeah. i believe is that they made her act the scene backwards so that her hair would get dragged up over that and then they reverse the footage oh okay i know like looking back at it she is kind of spooky <laughs> yeah definitely and it's 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 a very it's a very japanese uh, thing because the ring is a remake of a japanese horror movie and um, it's a very Japanese thing to have these little girls in white 
nondescript dresses that are dirty and long black hair and all that. It's the same with The Grudge and other Japanese horror movies. Oh, word. I see. TFX, what is your spooky media form? Uh, well, since I uh, reviewed Silent Hill Homecoming yesterday, might as well talk about Silent Hill 2. Good one. I mean, the first time I played it was, I don't know, like, more than 10 years ago, something like that. I heard about a lot about this game, that it's not, I mean, it's very scary, but it doesn't have any jump scares. And back at the time, I thought, if a game doesn't have any jump scares, then it's not scary at all, or just like a normal movie. But once I played it, oh my god, the monsters, the atmosphere, it is so, so good. It, it was horrifying. Yeah, Silent Hill is all about the atmosphere. It's not about, not as much about body horror and gore and all that, like Resident Evil, for example. Yeah, exactly. And and they actually made really, really good use of the limitations of the time because the fog in the town, I mean, that's <laughs> makes the ma allowed them to make the game look better because the view distance hadn't didn't have to be so big. Yeah, speaking of which, don't play the special the PlayStation 3 Special Edition or Collector's Edition because it has bad fog. Oh, just play, just play the director's cut. I think it's only PlayStation 2 on PC. Wait, yeah. so like the fog is to the point of just ruining the game entirely? Kinda, yeah. It is. Let me. In the PlayStation, PlayStation 3 is so bad. I mean, it's like just like a layer. You can see it. Like, oh, it looks artificial, you mean? Yeah, exactly. But like in the original PlayStation 2, it's, it looks so dense. You can't see anything like t ten, like one feet away. Just fog. Yeah, makes sense. Which adds to the tension of the game, because you don't know what's coming. You know what what you're going to face. And especially Ooh, the sounds. And, and that radio that starts... Um... Way, way yeah, you start hearing static. the noise. Yeah, the static when something something creeps up on you. I mean, on the other hand, Homecoming does none of that, and it's more of an action-oriented game, which I hate. So it's just a bad game. So Don't it's play the, Homecoming. It's the it's the Resident Evil Five of the Silent Hill series. It took that adaptation from the movie, not the game itself. <laughs> oh, that I says see. something. That oh yeah, might as well talk about the movie too. Uh, Silent Hill movie, the first one. I didn't watch the second, but the first one is okay. I mean, it did have the monsters from the second game, but it didn't, but it butchered the lore. I'm trying to remember what it's all about. I think it's trying to do the, the story of the first game, but change a few things about it. Yeah, pretty much. And it was fine. It was enjoyable. Not very scary, but enjoyable. Yeah, it wasn't really really scary, but it was pretty accurate in many aspects. Not all, yeah. but... And I, they said that second, the second movie was just horrible, so I didn't bother watching it. Very, very much possible, because I know that I watched it, but I don't really remember it. Actually, I watched just one scene. It was, was, it was Pyramid Head versus one monster, and it was, it was bad. So mm. bad. So Speaking... It, Speaking oh. of Silent Hill, one game that I was prepared to hate but actually enjoyed very much was uh, Shattered Memories. Uh, what's it called again? Silent oh. Hill Shattered Memories. Oh. Okay. I, th I think it's Book of Memories. No, no, no. That's the PlayStation Portable, I want to say, game. But Shattered, Shattered Memories was a PlayStation 2 game where you were... In, in between the, the gaming moments, you were in... Uh, psychi a psychiatrist's office and answering questions of his and however you answered would influence the ending of the game but also certain elements of the game kind of like in Until Dawn but better I actually never heard of it and basically yeah, I don't I don't want to give away too much but you're playing basically the story of the I want to say first game but with a very interesting twist at the ending that doesn't really work with the entire Silent Hill lore. It's basically a, um, a spin-off, but it's handled in a very interesting way. The one thing that's, that takes some getting used to is that there's no combat in the game at all. Ah, uh, yeah, never mind. I'm not going to play it. Oh, shit. <laughs> 
shatter memories. <laughs> Not shut up memories, shattered memories. I feel Sorry. like that's like a, a, I think that's a Freudian slip by like TFX. <laughs> Sorry. TFX, TFX, TFX. What have you done? No, but the game is really interesting, and yes, there is a a lack of combat in the game, but there are chase sequences where you are chased by monsters and you can hold them at bay with torches, uh, with flares, and you basically have to escape through the sequence and then return to exploring the town. I remember this warning at the beginning of the game where it's that psychologically profiles you or something. Yeah, it does. <sighs> well, a bull load of bullcrap. <laughs> I hate when games do this. If you feel squeamish, don't play this game. <laughs> okay, I'm not. <laughs> well, I just paid sixty dollars, but I guess I won't play it. Then. <laughs> Thanks for the warning. Put it down. And so, in conclusion, play Silent Hill 2. Don't play Silent Hill Homecoming. And the uh, Silent Hill movie is okay at best. Very good. Very good. AI, what's your piece of media? I mean, probably any of the Resident Evil games, just because I'm bad at them. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and I mean, I was just playing um, Resident Evil 2, and it scared the shit out of me because yeah, like I opened, opened the door to the next room, and just like from the corner there, yeah, just as you open the door, a zombie just jumps on you. And, I, but yeah, I mean, probably Resident Evil. Did you play the original Resident Evil 2 or the remake? Oh, uh, remake. Oh yeah, I see. see very good. Now we have. Lots of spooky games to choose from, and we're picking the same two. Love it. No, I'm joking. I'm just being really salty for no reason. What about um, you, Gadgets? Did you eat Me, I would love to talk about the movie Get Out and how it is pretty much a pure genius horror movie in that it really sort of defies expectations, but like not in a stupid way by adding hints of comedy to the mystery to make it so that you sort of have like this cognitive dissonance of haha funny funny movie but then your brain is like no this movie showing you bad things but you're like haha but he tripped and and so like by 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 using this dissonance you just get this horrible feeling of unease that I, I felt I've had no other movie captured just because you're never sure until the very end, what you think will happen? Especially because there are all these little like B plots that, um, well, I guess there's one main B plot that eventually rolls into the movie, um, but it's like just a joke kind of until it's not, but it still is. I don't know. It's it's would a movie it, that would it be that, a major spoiler to tell us more about that B plot? Um. I guess I can just tell it in the beginning. Um, the protagonist's best friend is like a, 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 an airport security cop. Um, and he's just really ridiculous all the time. And you keep getting like flash flashes of him being ridiculous when uh, the protagonist calls him. So that's one of the elements of comedy that like really breaks it up and makes it like, what the heck is going on? Oh, I see. But it's like situational comedy. Something that could happen in real life, even if you were in a terrible situation. No, it's like it's like this absurdist comedy, because he, it's like he, this guy's like really absurd and wacky, which further breaks up the horrific tones that would otherwise be like predictable. It's like the oh, movie really is great at. Um, diverting expectations in a good way in such that a comedy moment could turn into a horror moment and a horror moment can turn into a comedy moment and this general just flip-flopping and not knowing what will turn out to be what really creates a sort of like th this un like the protagonist's like confusion and like thinking that everything's okay but like there's some weird signs but he doesn't want to assume anything. But I definitely think Get Out is probably one of the best uh, and most deserved Oscars of recent years due to it's just really good use of themes and genre mixing. 
I see. So basically, it keeps you guessing the entire time, and you never feel secure. Yes, and I really dislike movies with jump scares. It's a real thing for me. I think they're just funny and silly because of how stupid they are. But yeah, jump scares are was... really cheap if overused. I think if any horror medium has one or two jump scares used at the right place, then it works. Like getting back to um, Silent Hill 2, very early on in the game, there is a jump scare that builds up expectation and tension because you explore this i believe it's a school and there's this locker room yeah. and one of the doors keeps rattling and the music is if there is any music it it dims down and the expectation is that something horrible is going to happen and then you open the locker and a black cat jumps out hmm. yeah there's all this like yeah it's just it's always keeps always keeps you guessing never ever does it like use a jump scare you're never sure if the if someone's about to die or not and it's just like the the themes are like whoa it's just yeah, it's really good and i would definitely suggest it to pretty much anyone who is looking to really broaden their horizons of horror and see something really unique yeah, definitely putting that on my list. Would you say though that it's um it's probably very intentional that there are these wacky funny moments like it's it's trying to be comedy when it is comedy, right? Yeah, I mean these comedic moments are really they're they're legitimately funny. They're you know, because they're they're silly, but it makes you think as the watcher, should I be laughing right now because the protagonist is in a really bad situation. So it's like it's just like, should I laugh? Should I not? It, again, the the movie keeps you guessing even when to laugh as an audience. So it's a little bit like uh, Kevin in the Woods, for example. I've never seen that movie. Ooh. It's good. Yeah, I like that one. That that yeah. It's better that scene where all monsters were unleashed. Oops. <laughs> well, you heard it here first, first folks. TFX is a big spoilery pants. Well, um, Cabin in the Woods is a movie that very much toys with expectations and conventions of the of the horror genre, and it throws in a lot of monsters and creatures and concepts from n better known medium. Like, um, mm -hmm. not to spoil too much, which TFX has already done. Um, <laughs> it's about this organization that is putting people into horrific situations um they are basically directing a horror movie without the actors knowing that they're playing in the in those movies um but they're doing it for a specific purpose but one aspect of it is that the the characters the the protagonists have to choose their own fate so there are all these in in that cabin that they're visiting there are all these old artifacts that remind you of other horror movies and you keep guessing which one they'll accidentally activate and which monster they will unleash upon themselves and in the meantime the the camera cuts to the observation room of this company and they are guessing as well oh i guess it's going to be the 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 water monster no no it's going to be the zombies and all that and it's it's really funny but really horrible at the same time. It sounds a lot like like an uh, an SCP sort of movie. SCP being the uh, oh science foundation fictional like sort of group writing assignment or writing project where yeah. people come together and write spooky stories that uh, fictional scientific organization are observing and the organization organization does not really have a true care about human life it's a means to an end it's similar but this organization has a bigger purpose in mind they basically uh -huh. need the characters the the protagonists to die and they need them to die in a specific way i see well sounds good i might have to watch it at some point definitely it wasn't even my pick maybe for a spooky scary uh october 31st halloween uh, movie night here at Devils in the Details on our Discord Which server. Which would be today, at least for our listeners. Well, yes, for our listeners. So if you're listening, keep an Happy eye out. Halloween. We might be doing a, a Cabin in the Woods stream. Oh. We'll have to see what kind of 
uh, thoughts we have on that one. Probably not. We'll probably go as well as our uh, uh, play games together <laughs> channel. It's happening. It is. It is. It's just slow. And 2023. Stay tuned. Well, yes, 2023. Very true. Um, if we want to... Actually, I just want to bring up a joke thing quick. The uh, the Death Note movie. Ooh. Which one? <laughs> wait, which? Wait, did they make multiple? Yeah, they are. Are we, three are we talking about the movies. Japanese ones? Or are we talking about the oh. American one? Like, which one are we the talking Netflix about here? one, probably. Oh, wait, actually, that's a good point. Which one did I see? Netflix, anything in terms of adaptions is never generally very good. Um, so I think I saw whatever the I think I saw the twenty six one, the two thousand six one. Sorry. So I didn't realize they kept remaking it. Oh, so you saw the Japanese one, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> it's actually a two parter. Well, technically, there's a third part, but I don't count that. <laughs> because the first two basically still tell the story of the first two arcs of the anime or the first arc of the anime but the end is changed and I think the end of this movie is actually a bit more clever than the anime which was aimed at dragging it out with introducing those new characters after spoiler alert L dies <gasps> now you're oh the spoiler Susan I gave a spoiler warning and I made a deliberate pause. No. It was not long enough deliberate pause. I'm editing this. It will be yeah. such a long pause. <laughs> it can make it a It better be like 20 minutes of pause. It's half an hour of me pausing. <laughs> You're going to say spoiler warning and I want like dead ass five minutes of silence. Just like... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then after the the end of the second movie where... In the movie, spoiler alert, L actually defeats Light. Um, he has a set amount of days left to live because he used the Death Note on himself to prevent Light from, from killing him. And the third movie is called L Save the World and it's about what he does in this last remaining days. And he meets Nia and Nia tells him how to work on his posture and then he starts walking upright instead of instead of hunched over and it's a mess it's really a terrible thing and I'm, i regret having watched it but on the other hand i watched the first two death note movies the japanese ones before i watched the anime so i enjoyed those movies a lot if i had done it the other way around i probably wouldn't have so to anyone who hasn't experienced any death note i guess i spoiled a, spoiled a lot now but um if you can watch those japanese movies first and then watch the anime so you can enjoy both you're spoily susan today how still not as bad you? as tfx <laughs> wow that's true true so last but certainly not least menos what is your pick Ooh, i have so many i don't know which one to pick the wheel of pain spins again I'm, I'm i'm gonna say um since almost everyone talked about games i'm gonna choose one of my movie picks um and since we already talked about The Cabin in the Woods, I won't be talking about Tucker and Dale vs. Evil, but about The Blair Witch Project, one of the classics. Oh. And one thing I love about The Blair Witch Project, which uh, is one of the first found footage movies like uh, Cloverfield and all that, it's one of the OGs, but um, the most impressive thing is how much horror and fear it instills in you without ever showing the monster. Mm -hmm. And one very interesting theory about the movie that I read about and afterwards I did my research and it seems to all match up really, really well is that in, in the movie there are two guys and this girl. This girl wants to do the... the uh, wants to make this this documentary on the Blair Witch and these two guys are accompanying her and... Whenever something bad happens, she isn't around, like when the map disappears and all that. And it really seems like those two guys were pretending that the Blair Witch was there and were actually just there to kill her themselves. And that's even more creepy because that could really happen, you know? Yeah, it has happened. 
with like with huh? in in this particular case. What you right. mean, like the Blair Witch Project? Yeah. Uh, not in the Blair Witch Project. I'm just saying in general. Oh yeah, of course, naturally. But again, like watching the movie or rewatching the movie with that knowledge or that theory in mind, it all adds up so well. It's literally mm. you can see how those two guys are playing her and and confusing her on purpose and. It really seems like those two actually are the ones who killed her and used this entire Blair Witch legend as as a ruse. Mm. I always do love a good theory. <gasps> a game theory! Actually, you do know that the game theorist also has a channel about movie theories. I do, yes. And food now. Yeah, that too. I still wonder what the fourth one's going to be. I don't know. He's talked about it, but it's still a mystery. So yeah, the, the the Blair Witch Project, one of the OG found footage movies with a very, very low budget, I assume. I didn't look it up before we started recording, but it's very easy to cheaply make this this movie and it's still so effective. And the noises and the suggestion of what might be happen happening around the camera is just enough to scare the shit out of you. At least, at least it was for me when I was younger, so. Wow. The budget was originally uh, filmed with thirty-five to sixty thousand dollars, and the final film cost um, two hundred thousand to seven hundred fifty thousand after post-production. Yeah, that so, that may sound like of, like yeah, a lot, but in terms of Hollywood production values, that's nothing. That's uh, yeah, that's actually really low. And then yeah, what it made. I mean, <laughs> yeah, what's a lot the, of money. What's the box office? Uh, let me go find that out for you because I was just looking at it. The box office forty-five point two million U.S. dollars. Uh, the box office was two hundred forty-eight point six million dollars. Wait, what? Oh, I'm looking at the remake, I guess. Yes, the original did way better. Yeah, a lot. I'm seeing it right now. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know if that's adjusted for inflation or not. Might be even more. Yeah, I'm not sure. All I know is the original did very, very well. Yeah. For a good reason, like I said. It's one of the first of its kind, and it did everything it did very, very effectively. Very, very true. Alrighty. Well, this wasn't a long so episode. Does anyone have anything else they want to talk about? Like another game, another movie? Oh, should we listen to Justin's voice message first? I guess. Sure. One sec, I'll grab it. There you go. Hello, this is Justin from Not Just Any Spooky Club. My favorite horror movie is Funny Games 1997 by Michael Haneke. It's a home invasion movie that has several people be assaulted by two home invaders. And what takes a simple premise uh, of the movie completely flips the genre on its head, deconstruction, deconstructing the very tropes associated with the genre. It's the only movie where I've had to legitimately pause and recuperate myself from watching it because it spooked me out a lot. So, yeah, that's a movie that I kind of recommend, but not recommend if you have a very faint heart because that movie insulted me. And I'm used to all kinds of horror, but that movie spooked me out too much. So, yeah, please watch that movie and also listen to our podcast episode. Don't listen to the first episode or else you're in for disappointment. No. Wow. Don't listen to our first episode or you're going to be disappointed. What a way to advertise this podcast. What did he say? Honey Games? What? What's the movie he said? Honey Games? I have no idea. It sounds like The Purge, essentially. Yeah, I heard Funny Games, too. Honey it's probably games. Hiding Games. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Funny Games. Funny Games? Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I see. I know the movie. Oh, yeah. It's... It's interesting, to say the least. Oh, it's an Austrian film. Interesting. And the son is called Georgie. Always a good name for horror movies. <laughs> Hi there, yeah, Georgie. Georgie. Did we, um, did we hear from Gadget? We did. I yes, talked all did. about Get Out. Well, I could talk oh, about a right. game. Yeah, the yeah, only game yeah. that ever scared me. <laughs> the only <laughs> game that ever scared you. Hold on. Well, yeah. Well, what's up? Uh, the only game to scare me would be Bioshock. I was a teenager, and uh, I was playing Bioshock, and man, some really scary elements in that game. Jeez. 
Yes. Like there, there's this one side corridor where you're like slowed down wading through a sewer and you see like the the uh shadow of a splicer just hacking away at a corpse and but eventually the shadow disappears and you're like oh there must be a passage down there except you get down to the end of the passage and there there's no other way to get out and so you turn around you collect the loot you turn around and you start walking out and then you turn the corner and bam there's a splicer and it's like okay bro that game had so many scary elements big daddies felt so scary yeah, and I mean, from the very um, start, you, you crash your plane, land in the ocean next to this lighthouse, and everything seems quite normal, as normal as it can be, stranded stranded on the ocean in the middle of the night. But when you take that capsule down and you first see Rapture, it looks very tranquil and like, like, an, like a utopia in a way still. But once the capsule actually reaches the room where the game starts and there's a splicer on the capsule and hacks away at it and tries to get in Ooh, it's just you always feel so weak like yeah, as soon exactly. as you as soon as you feel like you've gotten a handle like on the big daddies it's like it throws something new at you then it starts throwing bosses at you with crazy powers and you're just like yo I thought I was powerful and then I saw this crap yeah, fair enough. It's That's just, a very it's just good this, choice. It's just this constant feeling of 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 worthlessness and not knowing how you're gonna get through the next part, but you somehow manage to struggle along and you know kind of figure it out. It sort of feels like you're a scrappy underdog throughout the entire game, and uh, and man, it's really scary because you're like, okay, every corner can kill me. I feel like that's a. Uh... I feel like that's important to a lot of games, but specifically for the horror genre. It's like taking... Well, I guess not taking away power from the player, but... Escalating of danger. You're like being able to uh, give their... What what they can do a very finite end. So it's like you being able to get through something, like you really have to... (laughs) You have to be on your shit. Because if you're not using... uh, everything at your disposal the right way you're probably gonna end up dead so i guess giving applying pressure to the player in kind of the right ways like you don't make it impossible it's just like yeah you have to know what you're doing and that's the thing is like i never fully knew what i was doing like i said every time you get that like next step like you're like okay now i understand the game it always throws something at you whether it's a moral choice of wanting to save or kill all the the little sisters, um, whether or not it is like a gameplay mechanic, like the big daddy showing up for the first time after you finally get a handle killing splicers. Yeah, it's just always something makes you feel really weak and really helpless. Yeah, again, what about you, Manos? You said you, you said you had a lot of thoughts. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I guess it's time to pick a game from my list then. Um, yeah, one thing I have to, I just have to talk about is Soma. Um, made by Frictional Games, the people behind the Amnesia series. And um, Soma is really interesting in that it's a lot about not um, body horror or mutilation, zombies or something like that, but mostly about existential horror because you constantly get to or have to make decisions that don't really affect the gameplay but affect you as the player like every choice you make you ponder on it for a while and even after you made the choice you start maybe regretting it or at least think what would have been the alternative what would have happened if i did this and Nothing really changes in terms of the story or the gameplay, but you as a player are affected in a very in a very heavy way. And I saw after I played it I saw a lot of people playing it on stream because I was interested to see how other people would handle the same situations and it affected a lot of people whom you wouldn't possibly expect it from in very different ways. And another thing that's very powerful about the game is that there are so many little details and some implications that you don't necessarily have to notice on your first playthrough so yeah it's a great game the 
plot twist in uh, in in um, inverted commas at the end was kind of predictable for me, and I guess for a lot of people. But it was still very very powerful. I mean, the the one thing that um, detracts from your immersion in that game is that the character isn't a silent character, the the protagonist, and has his own thoughts on the situation and things that you realized long ago he might not be aware of yet. So that kind of can take you out a little bit at times, but man, that game is really, really powerful in a lot of ways. So much so that there are enemies in the game that are well designed and are very interesting, and it's not like a lot of people criticize the game for enemy encounters because you just have to you just have to sneak and um, not be seen, but that's not actually true because every enemy in this game reacts in a very different way. Like for example, there's one enemy type, uh, one enemy who reacts very aggressively to noise, but you can ri walk right in front of you, of, th of them, and if they see you, they don't even care but if you knock something over by accident and since it's a frictional game the physics engine in that game is very good if you knock something over by accident it will start chasing you it will tear you apart basically mm. but yeah since the the story and the aspect of the existential horror is so very important to the game uh, there are mods that are even recommended by a lot of people that disable all the enemy encounters and apparently it's been patched in now as a regular feature of the game where you can just enjoy the story of the game and be still freaked out and still feel all this dread and well, there are again some very very powerful moments in there where you have to make very very hard decisions yeah. which way did you play i'm curious i played with the monsters do you think they really helped mm, yes and no um they didn't help for the main story about again the existential horror about what the protagonist Simon is experiencing and didn't really add to the the heavy choices you had to make but they did add to the horror a lot because those encounters are really creepy and um, whenever one of them is around and they are in certain areas it's not like they can randomly pop up but there are certain enemy areas where you have to make your way through this through this dangerous environment. Whenever they are around, it's similar to the um, static that you hear in the Silent Hill games in the early ones, but instead your your screen uh, starts to glitch. Oh, well, that's interesting. So yes, they are extremely um, effective in terms of creating horror and uh, a specific atmosphere and frightening you, but if you just are there for the story, then you can just go without them. Although, in a way, I have to say, um, the thing that happened on the station where you are is what turned them into these monsters. So they uh -huh. are part of the lore and part of the environmental storytelling. In a way. I see. Well, that's pretty cool. Also, you might already own it, because I think it was in a humble monthly bundle at one point. Yeah, I think so, too. It was thrown around a lot, like other frictional games as well. There were periods of times when you could get the game for free they were all at some point for f uh, available for free on uh, PlayStation Plus well for free uh, included in PlayStation Plus and um, yeah again there were a lot of different options to get the game for free on PC as well I think they Very were true. also all on the Epic Game Store but who cares about that well yeah wow well that was very enlightening and thank you so much for sharing that does anyone have anything else they want to share? Um, uh, as far as talking about... Uh, sorry, I overspoke someone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, AI it's and Oreo started talking at the same time, and now both don't want to interrupt the other. <laughs> you <Too> go. polite. <laughs> <laughs> you can go. It's okay. Um, so it's talking about the giving players like different options that kind of make them consider what the fuck they're actually doing when they're playing the game. Um, it's not really in the horror like genre per se, but uh, Spec Ops the line does strange things with like uh, the the options that you can take because if you just oh, yeah. blaze through the game, you don't even think about what you're doing. 
and then at the end of the game you're like oh shit <laughs> and you start like if you go back and play you're like wait i can change a lot of this if i just didn't yeah. do that spec ops the line <laughs> does a lot of very powerful stuff to subvert yeah. your expectations and make you feel guilty in the end but the one thing right. where it kind of falls flat is if you and i know that a lot of people did notice that in that one particular scene that, that is supposed to make you the most feel the most guilty about yourself and your decision i guess you know what it what it is i guess we're not spoiling it so <laughs> yeah but <laughs> no, I, 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 I i guess <laughs> but i i guess you know which scene i'm referring to i believe so <laughs> well, if you, if you if you observe the things on the screen very closely then you can basically see that it's not what it's supposed to seem like because you don't see well without spoiling anything you don't you see that they don't have weapons mm, okay and once you notice that and you realize that you still have to commit this heinous act which wouldn't bother most people because they think everything is the way they expect um but if you did notice it and you realize that you can't change the situation anyway then that's what took me out a little bit but overall it's a very very ambitious and great game that does a lot of unconventional things for its genre like mm -hmm. one of the uh, very it's like a minute detail but it does bring a lot to the game is how your squad's like reaction to engagements kind of change oh like, yeah the stuff they say like they get very aggressive <laughs> also i don't on. Also, I don't know if you noticed that, but um, if you save the game and quit out of it, the main menu, the the scene that you see in the main menu changes also depending on how far you've gotten in the story. Oh, okay, yeah. Like no, there's I'm... this there's this flag of the USA, and the further in you get, the more torn up and and riddled with bullet holes it gets, and all that stuff. Yeah. So like, I feel like yeah, that game does a whole lot of like just minute details it doesn't mean a whole lot but it does like create the like it makes the theme of it and you yeah that definitely well i guess i should clarify a little bit because in spec ops the line the, the decisions you make you are made uh you are made to feel guilty about at the end because they are shown to you and you are told about them in a <clears throat> way you haven't seen them in before but soma is it's it's all in your own head i'm gonna talk about one of the very early choices it's a minor spoiler but not too much um there is a moment where you need to progress to the next area and there is a machine that thinks it's human because it a human consciousness has been transferred into that machine and that machine is immobile it's attached to a wall basically it can't leave there but it talks oh. to you and you can have a conversation with that machine and in order to get out of the room you have to either uh, i don't remember exactly how it is but you have to either put yourself in danger because you have to open up an area where one of the monsters is which is very dangerous for you and you don't really have a reason to do that or you have to deactivate something that makes once you hit the switch, it makes that machine suffer, and, and there was, it, it there was a it choice? suffers, and it suffers horribly. the The screams are really going under your skin. And when you flip that switch, and well, basically, it's it's possible to read the entire situation if you read the room right. You look where all the wires go, and you can understand what happens. But whether or not you understand what happens once you flip the switch and that machine starts suffering and screaming and begging for mercy you can switch flip the switch again so that it's turned off and the machine stops suffering but then you can't progress so you have to flip either put yourself in danger or flip the switch and walk away while that machine is screaming so nothing changes in terms of gameplay but you are constantly pondering on what have i just done why did i do this and should i have done it differently and that's one of the of the easier choices because well i guess i'm going to encounter a monster or something like that but there are some that are really messing with your mind because there is no good or bad answer you have to decide which one was better or worse and both options are horrible and didn't know i had a choice and that's that's the other thing i guess because in soma none of the choice uh, well some of them are 
are visualized or are explained to you in in dialogue but none of the choices are like um like in a dialogue system in another game where you pick one and then you have decided but it's a room where you can either perform one action or the other and you don't have a time limit you're sitting in that room pondering about which option will wi have which effect and only when you leave the room is your decision final basically yeah. neat so yeah very powerful stuff and a very underrated game i might say uh, is it underrated i don't know yeah i think it is a lot of people either don't know about it or didn't really seem to understand the themes and the weight of your decisions like for example one of the bigger YouTubers who does a lot of video essays and reviews, Joseph Anderson, talked about Soma and said, Soma is not a horror game because I wasn't scared when I played it. And all his uh. arguments are basically bullshit that you can dismantle very <laughs> easily if you played and understood the game, which he apparently didn't do. Alrighty. I hope you've enjoyed this Halloween spooky episode. As always, this is the Devils in the Podcast. We are the Devils. We are a production of the Devils in the Detail. And we are also part of the Devils in the Detail Discord server, which you can find at discord.com forward slash invite forward slash capital M. And remember, it's M. Uh, C capital G P X C capital U. And as always, if you want to help support our silly podcasts like this one and all the other awesome podcasts, uh, feel free to support us at patreon.com slash D I T D. Now we're off to go be spooky demons in this Halloween night. Bye-bye. Oh, hey. here on Halloween. Yes. He'll be killing and murdering others. Yes, it's time for the annual purge. Exactly. You heard it here first, folks. Manos the murderer. Well, it's not technically murder if it happens on the purge night. But we don't have a purge night. But you do in your head. Well, I do. Nice. Purge, 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 purge. So should we do a Thanksgiving episode too?